All right. First off, that remix of Mother by Era wasn't driven. If you guys have not seen that movie, go check it out. I know Ultimate 23 Dragon really likes that movie, and I also like that movie. In that movie, Paul Page is in is one of the announcers. Today, I am joined by another announcer. First off, let me uh, introduce the podcast. This is Pastimes. I'm your host, Alex Wood. Uh, the guest today is a NASCAR commentator who's been around for quite a while now. Uh, he's been a part of NASCAR on TNT as well as Fox Sports. He currently hosts NASCAR Race Up alongside Shannon Spake and Larry McReynolds. And, and on most days, Jamie McMurray. On occasion, Jeff Gordon as well. Adam Alexander. How you doing today, Adam? Yeah, I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, thank you for joining me. So, first off, kind of explain to the people who live under rocks. Well, if you live under a rock, why would you be listening to a podcast? Because you don't have Wi-Fi. But tell us uh, who you are, introduce yourself, and what you're about. Well, your, your introduction was outstanding. I've been working with, with NASCAR on Fox, if you, if you include the speed days, all the way back to 2007. Prior to that, I worked with MRN Radio, and that's how I kind of got my introduction into NASCAR broadcasting. I started working with MRN as a pit reporter part-time in 2000, took on more of a, a full-time primary role in, in 2001, really started to grow in, in 2002, and, and that's how I laid the foundation of my career in motorsports. I uh, was able to use my connections in Indiana and Indianapolis to do a few Indy 500s, uh, throughout that time as well, which was really cool for me. And prior to that, grew up in Indianapolis, started my career in southern Indiana, working in local radio and television before making the move to network radio and, and doing all motorsports and primarily NASCAR. So so in a nutshell, in less than 60 seconds, that's my resume. Yeah, uh, you've had an impressive career. Of course, I remember you from the speed days as well as TNT. First off, we may experience some uh, network glitches more than likely, that's just Xfinity Internet at my house, and uh, and probably the weather too, because I live in Southwest Michigan, right by Lake Michigan. We're not far from the lake. I'm probably like a five minute drive from the lake, but uh, so yeah. Um, so you got your start in 2000, uh, working in journalism. Did you work in journalism prior to that, or was 2000 like okay, I'm gonna go down south and be in NASCAR? and be a journalist no so it, it kind of uh, the, the motorsport side of things really happened by accident i, I started uh, my career in 1993 i finished college and, and started working locally in radio and television in evansville indiana and started at the, the bottom of the totem pole i mean i was doing everything i could to get my foot in the door and just hoping for any on-air opportunities i could get and, and I was fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time that there were a number of opportunities that came my way. And in the late 90s, we started doing a, a local radio show that was all about racing. We would interview local drivers, occasionally would tap in to some drivers from the NASCAR world because there were some connections to Owensboro, Kentucky, which was the area uh, where we were broadcasting this from so we would you know hear from the Waltrips the Green Brothers you know Jeremy Mayfield yep there was a great motorsports connection there that, that's what really opened the door for me to start meeting people in NASCAR 
and eventually make that transition in 2000 to working for MRN Radio. How did the transition go from radio to television, from MRN to speed? Like, what was – now, that's a two-parter. What was the biggest difference, and how did it come about? So I, I was working in local television when I got the job with MRN. When I auditioned with MRN in 2000, I was working in local TV – and I had great television experience, and and so and and I had done a lot of radio work as well, in particular play by play. So when I started working for MRN, it was a fairly easy transition for me because I felt pretty well rounded in sports broadcasting. And as I started getting out on the road and, and meeting people and learning more about how broadcasting worked on the NASCAR side, I felt like it would be a logical step for me to try to to get back into TV and and speed was a place that I was looking at uh, TNT was going through some changes going into the 2007 season so ironically even though it didn't pan out then I developed some relationships there uh, was a finalist for one of their pit road positions but ultimately a full season of trucks and, and everything that speed could offer just was a better career move for me to transition from radio to TV in, in 2007. And, and quite honestly, you know, the biggest difference of working a race on TV versus radio is just remembering that when you're on radio, people are driving down the road listening. They have no idea what is happening. And so you really have to talk in great detail and paint the picture. I think on TV, you, know, you, you use less words and let the people at home decide for themselves what they're seeing. But, but give some description about the ins and outs of, of why something might be happening. So I think the thought process is different. The execution is a little different. But when you're a, a broadcaster, if you can broadcast on radio, you can make that transition, I, I think, fairly seamlessly. And NASCAR and Fox is going through a lot of changes right now. I've It actually started you know in 2019 you know, with making everything more digital. And I think that you guys set the foundation for what – we should expect from the um, from NBC, which both the, both NBC and Fox um, uh, did the broadcast very well this year. And um, now, did, you did truck races this year, correct? I didn't do any this year. Okay, but I, I certainly have in, in in recent years. I've been a part of that from time to time. Oh, it's Vince Welch who was doing truck races. It was Vince Welch? Absolutely. Yeah, Vince has been doing the trucks the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I think you did it back, well, Carson Hosevar, who's from Portage, I'm from St. Joseph, he's from uh, Portage, and uh, he was mentored by Johnny Benson, um, right. so you probably know the story, um, you were covering, I know you were covering when Johnny was racing, because I, I, I remember watching, I remember hearing, you, you know, you commentate while Johnny was racing, I think you even commentated a race Johnny won. I did, so, so yeah, I... I came in and started working in 2007. I actually did a couple of races at the end of 2006 on pit road. And I was a full-time pit reporter for speed doing the truck series from 2007 to 2010. And in the middle of all that is when I got the job doing play by play for TNT in 2011, I, I left the truck series at speed and, and started doing, you know, primarily studio work for speed at that time. And then when the changes came about and Rick Allen was going to NBC, 
the plan was for Steve Burns to take over and do the truck series. But as we all know, uh, unfortunately, Steve got sick, and so there needed to be someone who could fill that void in the interim until Fox slash Speed made their long-term plan. And it, it turned out that, that I was there, and, and because of my TNT play-by-play experience, uh, you know, Speed and, and Fox at that time decided to use me on a part-time basis to fill that void until they could find their, their permanent fix, which turned out to be Vince Welch. Yeah, Steve, man, God rest his soul. He was, he was, he was the nicest guy I ever saw out of Pit Reporter. He was so welcoming to everybody, just an all-around great guy. He, I miss him, uh, very much. I miss Dick Bergen as well. So uh, you actually commentated a race that I attended. The 2014 Quicken Loans 400 at Michigan. Yeah, great race. I still remember my dad. It was my dad and I. We were watching that. Well, we've gone to Michigan a number of times and you commentated uh, a number of them, but that race really sticks out because that was Jimmy Johnson's only win at MIS. And, um, you know, that, that was uh, one of our final broadcasts. On it TV. was. I liked how you guys brought Squire in on um, at New Hampshire. Yeah, that was really special. I remember, you know, we brought Mike Helton in and talked to Mike because when you think about the, the history of Turner Sports and NASCAR – you know, they had been together for so many years in, in some way, shape, or form. You know, prior to 2007 when TNT had the, the six races in the summer, they were partnered with NBC from 2001 to 2006 uh, to take the second half of the coverage there. You know, prior to that, uh, they, they had been heavily involved and in, in dating back to TNN and all that. I mean, Turner Sports had played a really big role in NASCAR for many years. And um, and so to, to for them to go away in 2014, I think was disappointing for a lot of people in the racing community because I, I felt like TNT always had a very unique way of covering the sport, and, and it was refreshing uh, the style that, that they brought to NASCAR. Yeah, especially you and Wally and and Kyle for sure. I mean, we talked about. Um, I mean, I know how the whole thing happened with Bill Weber to Ralph Shaheen to you and all that stuff because. I don't want to get too in detail into that because that's a story in and of itself. Uh, when we had Larry McReynolds on, uh, at the time this is going out, four weeks prior to this, um, I told him the story about the time I tried Vegemite. You guys all tried Vegemite during the rain delay at Michigan in 2012, I believe. Um, and Larry said, I need Santa flush to get rid of that. And uh, Kyle told you that uh, you shouldn't have gone that big of a bite with a Vegemite sandwich. I didn't try a Vegemite sandwich. I tried straight up Vegemite. Got I'm like I'm gonna watch my mouth here. Gosh darn it. That stuff tastes terrible. Well, you know, I, I had had it before and and I, I think, you know, what what I equated it to is, you know, if if a guy comes up to you from behind and punches you and you don't know it's coming it might not hurt as bad as if you just stand there and you know, he's going to come up and hit you right in the nose. And, and so the Vegemite, I'm not sure would have been as bad if I wasn't anticipating how bad it was going to be. 
But Lee Diffie, who now is at NBC and, and one of the great motorsports broadcasters in our industry. Yes, he is. I had worked with him at Speed. We had co-hosted the Speed Report together a number of times. And Lee uh, had, had had me try it. One day we, we were in the, the Speed offices, and, and it was time for our, our little lunch break. And so he said, hey, I brought some Vegemite. You ought to try some. And, you know, I'm up for new things. And, and I tried it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst thing I've ever had. So when it happened with Marcus Ambrose at Michigan during that rain delay, I knew what was coming. And, and there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that smack upside the head that you get when you bite into the, the Vegemite sandwich. So I knew it was coming, and uh, it was as bad the second time as it was the first time. Well, I liked – well, the football re- – I, I made a football reference. I said, it's like you get tackle. it's like – because I was a quarterback. And it's like I'm about to throw, and the defender's coming, and he's going to tackle me, and I don't have my cup on. That's what I felt with the Vegemite. You know, because what you said about the guy punching you right in the nose, and you know he's going to do it. I don't know if I told you this, uh, but I'm also actually a motorsports journalist. I have actually, well, I wrote, my last article was about Green Day's Wrigley Field concert, concert in 2017 that I attended. But the first one I wrote was the iRacing story about the iRacer Jason Jacoby. I don't know if you'd uh, be interested in me giving you the synopsis on that. If you are, let me know, and I'll I'll tell you. But uh, yeah, um, you know, you have a great story, and uh, you know, you've brought a lot of memories uh, for me. Um, so I remember we were watching that. My dad, my grandfather, and my uncle. We brought this tiny little monitor. We saw you guys trying Vegemite. I can't remember if, if uh, the race actually happened later that day. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, I, I, it was eight years ago. I'm 18, and I I was nine at the time, and I still I mean I've been to so many races I can't remember them all, but uh, there was one. Oh, I wanted to bring this up. Um, there was a video that I saw after Brad Keselowski won the championship from Wind Tunnel. When you and Dave Despain and Tommy Kendall were interviewing him, he had a few beers that night. Yeah. I and He was kind of drunk. What was that interview like? It's funny because I brought that up to Brad many times. And, and if you go back to Phoenix when he was in the championship for you know, this year in 2020, they actually found the picture that he was drinking out of when he had won the championship back in 2012. Yep. And, and they dusted that off and, and they had it, you know, ready to go. If, if he were to win the championship again, that was going to be a part of their celebration. But I, I just remember that I was doing speed center and uh, at the time in 2012. And so occasionally they would, you know, have me come over and be a part of wind tunnel and join Dave. If there was a NASCAR angle or there was a big NASCAR story, I might come over and do a segment or two with Dave. And, uh, and I remember that night, you know, being NASCAR championship weekend, it was a big deal uh, for, for the show and a big part of their content that particular night. So I finished Speed Center at 8, and then I would, would walk next door to the studio and join Dave and, and be a part of the show. And I, I just remember – you know, Dave is such a, a professional and, and one of the best ever oh, yeah. broadcast in motorsports. And and I just remember he, 
the reaction from Brad and the way Brad behaved was equally as good as Dave's reaction to what Brad was doing and how he was taking in his first championship. That was a, a fun, memorable night for many reasons. Oh, yeah. I still watch the video. Even though N2SC4 has been found out to be a creep, I still watch the video he made of Brad drinking out of that Miller Lite cup. And, you know, some of my friends and I, in uh, we were in a Zoom call uh, the other day doing impressions of um, uh, broadcasters. And I did a, I did one of Dave Despain that uh, some people said, that doesn't sound too bad. I'm not going to do it here. But uh, my, my question for you is... Uh, would you like to hear about that that article I wrote? Because uh, Larry Mack, I think I told him about that. I believe I told uh, Alan Bestwick about it. So if you'd like yeah. to hear. Okay, so Jason Jacoby was an iRacer um, who, who was under the impression that iRacing would lead him to NASCAR because he raced in Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s private league. Well, he'd begun to do a lot of bad stuff, and as of right now... Uh, as this is about as when this is going out or when this is being recorded, excuse me, he's making these videos attacking people and he's in a manic state. My occasional co-host ultimate 23 dragon has told me that she believes that Jason does not have schizophrenia. Like many people think he has because he's been ranting and raving about God and stuff. He probably has bipolar disorder and my thing is, you should not be a race car driver if you're bipolar. And um, as of right now, it's just a waiting game for all the charges. So it's just uh, it's crazy to think about. And uh, I'm writing another article about uh, that N2SC4R guy, Joseph Lombard. I don't know if you remember uh, Ryan Sieg sponsored was sponsored by Lombard Brothers Gaming. Joseph yes. Lombard was the guy in charge of that. Oh, okay. So uh, that was a nice paint scheme. It was. That was very nice. And they honored Joseph and Zachary's dad, Christopher, on the side of it, on the passenger oh, side. A cool tribute. But uh, recently, well, actually about a month before, uh, actually about a month ago, uh, some girl came out. I think her name was Olivia, and she said, "Oh, Joseph has done this bad stuff to me." Then more people came out, and, and people were like, "Okay, this is not what we suspected," because. I've taken 2020 as a learning opportunity. Not only did I take it to learn, you know, more about myself and about the world, but also to learn to take life lessons to carry with me, uh, you know, throughout my life. So um, another question. Uh, now we get into the part where, um, you know, you've worked with some good people in your life. Uh, and I was wondering if you could tell some stories. Yeah, you're right. I've been fortunate to work with many talented broadcasters. And I think back to the days when I was at MRN, you know, Barney Hall is a legend. And I just, you know, couldn't have respected someone more than Barney. It was pretty cool for me. In 2014, it was Barney's last broadcast. The weekend that we were down in Daytona doing the broadcast for TNT, we had a lot of rain on that Saturday night. Yep. The race ended up getting pushed to Sunday, actually. And we were in the booth, and, and they brought Barney over, and we had a chance, uh, Wally and, and Kyle and I had a chance to interview Barney. 
And that was, was unbelievable for me because when I first started at MRN, you know, the baseline, the benchmark was set by Barney. And that's what everyone, you know, strived to be and, and patterned themselves after. And really, it was an unrealistic goal because the, the style that Barney brought was so unique. And, and so it was just special to work with Barney. And I'll never forget, we were at Michigan one year. And we were in a trailer, and, and Ryan Horn, uh, who's a producer at MRN and, and still is at MRN, he and I were talking about our workout routine and and what we had done that particular week. And, you know, maybe we were, we were you know, on a run or maybe we were lifting weights or whatever. But we're just kind of sharing our, our workout routine. And so Barney's in the room, but Barney's not participating. And at this time, you know, Barney's probably in his upper 70s. And, and I said to Barney, Barney, did you get a workout in? Uh, this week and he said well, actually yeah I did he said uh, I jumped on my trampoline and I laughed I, I thought you know Barney had such a great sense of humor and he was always quick with a one-liner and, and I thought this was sarcasm and so I kind of laughed and and Ryan the producer cringed because he knew the story and I didn't know that Barney does have a trampoline and actually has used it it used it for as a form of, of physical fitness for a long time and, and even dating the days when he was working around those in the military. And so I was very embarrassed by the fact that I didn't know this um, and that, that if I had done anything to hurt Barney's feelings. But Barney uh, would always be up at the top of the list. Most people don't know, when I started my career in, in Evansville, Indiana, I worked with Bob Buck, uh, who is the younger brother of Jack Buck, and, and Joe Buck, who's the lead announcer on Fox Sports now, was, was his uncle. And, and so Bob didn't reach the, the status level of, of his brother or his nephew, but Bob was a tremendous broadcaster and had incredible influence on my career just because I, I came across him at such a, a young age. And he really was, was great to take me under his wing. And, and so that was a, a person that was very important to the early part of my career. You know, Eli Gold's an outstanding broadcaster. Oh, yes. Joe Moore at MRN Radio. Yep. I've, I've done races with Alan Bestwick. You know, getting to be around Mike Joy, who's, you know, one of the great voices all time. Oh, yes. You know, I, I, I've been lucky, I, I, I feel like. You know, Lee Diffie is someone that I've worked with side by side, and I have great respect for Lee. So I, I feel like I've, I've had an opportunity to, to bridge, you know, one era to the next. And, and with that, it, it worked with some of the greatest. Do you have a Jeff Gordon story you could tell? Because Jeff Gordon is my all-time favorite race car driver. So Jeff, you know, in 2015, it was his final year driving a race car, and, and we really didn't know of his interest in, in coming to TV, and I'm not sure how interested he truly was, but he was a part of our rotation of drivers that would come to the booth and do Xfinity races. Yep. And I'll never forget... Uh, in 2015 at Texas, Eric Jones uh, got his first career win in the Xfinity I remember. And, and Jeff Gordon came up to the booth and, and called that race with Michael Waltrip and myself. And, you know, that was fun. That was cool because my dad was a huge Jeff Gordon fan. And so to be able to, to share the booth with him and his first ever TV broadcast was a, a neat moment for me. And I know something my dad was real proud of. But I remember that night we, we wanted to be, you know, real gracious and having Jeff come to the booth. And we had a bottle of wine for Jeff that night. And Michael and I signed this bottle of wine and we gave it to Jeff. Now, where that is now, I don't know. I'm sure with all Jeff's accomplished, that wasn't something that was 
high on the priority list to keep on, on the shelf in his office. But I remember thinking, now wait a minute, Jeff Gordon's going into the Hall of Fame. He's won four championships. Shouldn't shouldn't he be signing something and giving it to us? Why would we sign something and give it to him? I always thought that was kind of funny, a little bit backwards. The, the other story is that Jeff started working with us in 2016. And, you know, Jeff's dealt with back problems. And so a lot of times Jeff will put on, you know, a pair of tennis shoes or something to keep him comfortable and support his back better when he's in the booth. And we were at Phoenix and, and I was leaving the booth and Jeff was going in, you know, I'd probably done an Xfinity practice and he was going in for a cup practice or whatever it was. And he had left his dress shoes right outside the booth and there was a little snack table out there. And I took some oranges and jammed them up in his shoes. So when he put his shoes on, he couldn't get his foot in because there was an orange up in there. And so, so I, I like, you know, a little practical joking and, and Jeff's an easy target, but he's a, he's a good sport and he's been really, really fun to work with. Yeah, you know, uh, no offense to you or to anybody, but Jeff is my hero. When I was little, someone said, "Who do you want to be when? What do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be like?" And I said, "Jeff Gordon," because I've got his picture right over here, right behind me. You know, I have his autograph in the other room. I have so many, I have so much stuff of him that I have his hat right over here. You know, it's like my life's dream is to one day meet my hero, and you know, I. You know, hopefully this this podcast reaches Jeff one day. And I I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, it is, you know, you know, people like you, you know, you're open to like reaching out and doing stuff like this. And uh, so was Larry and, and, and as well as Alan and Justin Fontaine, you know, a lot of guys. And I appreciate that. And um, also, you said you uh, covered Johnny Benson's career, correct? Yeah, when I was doing the trucks, he was racing at that time. And, and actually, if you go back, when I was working with MRN, mainly from 01 to, to 06 is when I was doing cup races for them. There was a, there was a period of time there when, when Johnny was driving uh, for MVV Motorsports in the cup series. So I got to see him both in a cup car and, and then in the truck series as well. And his brief little stint in his brief little second stint in the Xfinity series which right. did not go very well. Thanks a lot, James Finch. I got a lot of Johnny Benson stuff in here too. And uh, if you don't know, well, obviously you know uh, you know Johnny Benson's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, correct? Oh yeah, yep. So St. Joseph, if you look at where Grand Rapids is on a map, you take one ninety I one ninety six down to I ninety four. You get off on ninety four. You get to 94 and you drive about i don't know how far you drive down 94 and uh you'll get to benton harbor you're gonna want to get off you'll see a benton harbor exit the exit right after benton harbor will lead you into st joseph where i'm from and where i live right now and it's actually the home of rob frederickson former nfl linebacker for the oakland raiders detroit lions my dad's favorite team and the arizona cardinals and Rob was my great-grandparents' neighbor growing up, and Rob's dad was my dad's woodshop teacher. You look around my house, there's a bunch of stuff my dad built in, in Don Fredrickson's class. Don's Rob's dad. So, uh, you know, I've got quite, quite a few connections here. And, uh, you know, I, and uh, my question is now for you, I just felt like I needed to give you some, uh, uh, you know, a little background about myself if you were ever, you know, wondering. Um what advice do you have for people like myself who want to get into 
uh, broadcasting. And what advice do you have for me specifically? Well, I would say, you know, the number one thing is, is gaining experience. And that's something that I think probably is as easy to do now um, as it ever has been. I mean, I, I think about the different ways to communicate and connect with people via social media. You know, obviously, LinkedIn is where you and I were able to come across one another, and, and that opened the door to, to doing this podcast. And there are just so many ways to get your name out there and to gain experience at the same time. And so I, I think that's the number one thing is, is getting reps, which will help you become a better broadcaster. But then number two, connecting with people that can help you take steps throughout your career. So I, I think those are two key things. And obviously you're, you're doing both of those. The, the other part of it is always listen and watch your stuff back. I, I think, you know, that there's so many opinions out there from executives at the top all the way down, you know, to, to people who maybe don't get a vote, but your friends and family who, who certainly have an opinion of your work. And I think all those opinions are valid, but at the end of the day, you have got to be comfortable and confident in the work that you're doing. And the way you get there is watching your stuff back and developing an opinion on what you like and what you don't like and, and you know, what habits you're creating, good and, and bad, things you want to do more of, things you need to eliminate. And, and all of that comes from watching yourself and evaluating your work. The other part of it is, is versatility. I, I think the one thing that has helped me in my career, and I go back to the transition I made from local radio and television to doing the NASCAR stuff, I think one of the attractions that MRN had for me is that they knew I could do play-by-play, -play, but they also knew that I was a, a host and I could report. And so that opened the door for me to get an audition and ultimately um, created a spot there for me. And, and I think when I made the transition to TV, you know, I was a pit reporter. But then they found out I could host shows and I had studio experience. So they started making me a host. And then I started doing play-by-play. -play, and, and I think when you have that versatility, it opens many more doors and then once those doors are open and you have a job, you become someone that's hard to get rid of because you can fulfill so many roles. So, so those are a few of the things um, that uh, that I feel like are most important. Yeah, I'm only an 18 year old journalist from Michigan who makes videos on YouTube. You know, I you know sometimes I gotta watch my language, but uh, we all make we all you know sometimes those words just come out. But but I can control it. You know, if I'm doing a formal interview like this. You know, with like you or Alan or Larry, you know, I can I can control myself. But if it's with like a friend, you know, that that's what's like. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, free range on on, on the language. But uh, also, uh, I was wondering if you if do you have any Johnny Benson stories you'd like to share? You know, I, I don't really. You know, Johnny's just a good guy, right? I mean, I, I think that um, there's nothing that comes to mind. Uh, I, I you know, I, I just say he's a class citizen, and. Uh, you know, I think he, he was it was neat to watch him run in the truck series and when he won his championship yep. because I you know, it was such a neat time covering trucks. Uh, you know, Skinner wasn't around a lot, but you know, Todd Bodine was really good, who was a great veteran. You know, Ron Hornaday was still yep. around and competing for championships. Sprague. Sprague was still driving. So that was that was such a good time to be covering the, the truck series and, and then you know, to, to have Johnny there and be a part of that. I just felt like you had a, a lot of drivers 
that, that came from various backgrounds that were, were somewhat cut from the same cloth, kind of that old school blue collar um, and, and had been such good ambassadors for that particular series. And, you know, I've always had great pride in the truck series. That, that's where I started when I was working with MRN. Uh, it was the truck series that opened the door for me once I got into television. And so I've always had, you know, great pride uh, for the truck series. And uh, anyway, um, that, that was uh, that was certainly a, a, a special spot for me. And, and to cover guys like Johnny and, and Ron and, and Jack and Todd, uh, Mike Skinner and so on. I mean, that, that was a that was a cool opportunity in my career. And Johnny certainly fits into that class of those that, or at the top of the list that I had a chance to be uh, around the sport with. Yeah, it's Sprague's from Spring Lake, which isn't too far from Grand Rapids. Now, back when I started watching NASCAR, you had two guys in Cup, Johnny Benson from Grand Rapids, Jack Sprague from Spring Lake, who are both from West Michigan. Now you have Eric Jones from Byron and Brad Kozlowski from Rochester Hills from the east side of Michigan. So now it's completely flipped, in my opinion, but... Uh, one day we will have a Michigander win at Michigan, and I will be in attendance for it, hopefully. But uh, now it comes to the point in the interview where uh, I'd like to open the floor for you to ask me some questions, uh, if, if you have any. Down calling truck races in 2015 when he won the championship. I was fortunate enough to be uh, doing the Xfinity stuff in 2016 when uh, you know, he went to the championship four and, and had that great year battling Daniel Suarez, his teammate at the time at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, and, and, you know, was the favorite to win the title that year. So I, I feel like in the early portion of Eric's career, I was around and, and had a front row seat for his growth and got to call many of his wins, which was very special for, for me, both in truck and Xfinity. And then I, I look at Brad. You know, I'll never forget Brad in 2008 or whatever year it was. It might have been 2007. I can't recall now. But but I just remember Brad being a guy that was knocking on every hauler door trying to find a ride. Oh, yeah. And when Ted Musgrave got suspended for wrecking Kelly Byers at Milwaukee, it opened the door for Brad to drive for Jermaine at Memphis. You know, he went out, sat on the pole, led a bunch of laps, ended up getting crashed out, it didn't have the finish he deserved that night. But that's really what opened the door for him to go get that Xfinity ride for Dale Jr., which led to his opportunity at Penske where he won an Xfinity championship and a cup championship. And, and as we know, the, the rest is history. And I've been back up to Michigan with Brad to be a part of his, his charity events and you know, he's, he's done a lot of TV work with us. He's become a friend. And so I, I have a lot of respect for, for those guys from Michigan. I mean, I talked about Johnny Benson, but the here and now, Eric Jones and, and Brad are two great competitors. Carson Hosevar, also from Michigan. Yep. Portage, he's my age. He, he's also a senior in high school. But uh, I, I believe the connection might have cut out. So uh, if uh, you have any questions for me, feel free to ask him if you'd like. No, I just I think Alex, it's uh, you know as we as we close in on it here, I I just think it's great what you're doing. I appreciate you reaching out and having me on, and I, I wish you all the the best as you go uh, throughout your career here. Yeah, thank you so much. That's been uh, Al Adam Alexander. Um, got any closing remarks? No, just uh, thank you for having me, and uh, for all those uh, listening to us. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed some of the stories and uh, be a good supporter of Alex as he goes throughout his career. All right. Thank you.